And the trees are sweetly blooming And the wild mountain time Rolls around the blooming heather Will you go last go? here representing nice up out of new zealand and kgnu community radio out of boulder and denver colorado in the united states and have a very exciting interview today speaking with a member of mungo's hi-fi <laughs> hello anderson nice to speak to you um i'm tommy danger from mungo's hi-fi i'm one of the founding members and i do a lot of the production for mungo's as well as djing all around the place too Awesome. And I mean, I think that's true of, of everyone in the Mungo's collective, right? That you wear uh, a lot of different hats. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we've all got our kind of specialities. And then uh, out of the four full-time members, three of us DJ. Um, and then Jerome deals with uh, the bookings um, and also helps run the sound system. I love how you said deals with. That's the, <laughs> that's the correct terminology, Tom. <laughs> yeah, it's not, not a job I'm, I'm envious of. And you really are sharing the DJing responsibilities, right? That's right, yeah. Um, so for, for quite a long time, we've been um, playing gigs individually, uh, well, usually one DJ um, at each gig, uh, sometimes more DJs for bigger festivals or bigger venues. Um, so yeah, we just kind of take turns on, on what bookings comes in. And then we have generally two uh, international tours a year and we take turns on those as well yeah craig and doug handled the two most recent united states tours and now you're heading to new zealand that's right yep yeah. on the 13th of january the, the tour starts in new zealand you've been to new zealand before right so can you talk a little bit about your last um, experience there and what you're looking forward to on on this tour yeah i was last there i think it was 2013 uh seems like a long time ago now um but i had a, had a great time there doing gigs both in the North Island and South Island. I, I just love the, the audiences were so warm and receptive and I felt a, a real connection with uh, the, the reggae scene in the UK uh, with what's going on in, in New Zealand. And yeah, just really enjoyed the vibes there and, and obviously the scenery and countryside as, as well. And I, I rented a camper van in between the weekends and did a little tour of the North Island, which was great as well. Oh, that's awesome. And um, you know, I know there's a fair number of dates on the tour this time. Are you are you going to get some downtime to be a tourist as well? Yeah, a little bit. Um, two or three days at the, uh, after the end of the tour, um, finishing the Kapiti coast. I think that's how you pronounce it. And I'm going to fly down to to uh, Queenstown and spend a bit of time around there for a few days. It's, it's a really lucky thing to be able to do to see another country and, and have a few days there.
you know, obviously Mungo's Hi-Fi is known as a sound system. Yeah. Do you enjoy getting to play off the sound so the logistics are a little different and you can, you know, focus more on their performance and less on the, the so-called back end? Yeah, I mean, both both types of gigs have, have their pluses and, and um, minuses. It's obviously great playing on your own sound system that you've built up over, over years because you know exactly how, how it works, how things are going to sound. You know you're going to have enough bass to really showcase some of the tunes that have heavy bass. And then at the same time, it's hard work, you know, especially if you're driving, if we're driving from Scotland down to the south coast of England, um, it can be like 10, 12 hour drive and then setting up two tons of speakers, uh, usually with just an hour break to eat something before playing. So it's, it's quite an intense long day when you do a sound system gig. But yeah, obviously it's, it's great as well. And then with, with DJ sets, because we're usually traveling on our own and then with with an MC or, or singer, you don't have quite the same crew aspect as you do when you're driving with four or five, six people in, in a couple of vans. But it is also nice just to focus on the set you're going to play and to really concentrate on the DJing side of it and, and doing the best you can in that way. You recently had a Mungo's and Friends show with, you know, some pretty impressive vocal talent. Um, do you want to talk a bit more about that concept and what the, what the future plans are for it? Yeah, so we've had this idea to do a show called Mungo's and Friends um, where we want to try and bring lots of vocal talent to the stage all at once kind of in the same way that um old sound system shows in jamaica and, and modern sound system shows in jamaica could be where you'd have five six seven artists uh, vocalists all passing the mic around and bouncing the, the energy from one to the other with you know between the different styles that have of singing and raga and, and whatever so yeah we're trying to do this show for bigger venues and festival stages so the, the next one we've got is in bristol on the 4th of march and for that one we've got general levy eva lazarus charlie p solo banton gardner kiko bun and catching cairo all on on stage with us and it's just going to be the energy is going to be off off the scale i think because you know when when artists work together like that there's a little element of comp competition, <laughs> um, but in a healthy way that I think it just it brings the very best out of them. So, um, yeah, we're super excited to do these shows. Yeah, well, I think the mic passing element, you know, the vocalist before you is hot and you want to be hotter. And yeah, that just it. perpetuates. And obviously, you know, your role as the selector there to be often running a rhythm for a while just really gets to amplify the vibes in a way that isn't necessarily possible with with one singer yeah and there's also going to be two or three of us um, of the selectors from mungo's playing at these shows as well so it's a different dynamic in that way you know we're, we're juggling between each other too with the music so it, it's really almost a family vibe rather than a, a, a friend vibe yeah that's it um and, and also like a, a sound system vibe but in a bigger stage than is possible with the sound system that we have, you know. It's when they're loving somebody and somebody loving about that feel me down. <laughs> I love me at all, old man, L-O-V. Mr. Lovingston, take it away, you got a key to my heart. Art. Hey, 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 hey. good loving when you give me, make me love you so much. How every time you see your me, no stop love you up.
wanted to ask you, since I was listening to it on the way to the studio today, you guys have snuck out a production at the very end of 2022 with Sea Wine Nalukalala. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, what, what's up with that? Like, that just seems to have slid out under the radar, um, and it's an amazing track. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm glad you like it. Yeah, that, that came, came about from um, a few years ago, three years ago, I did a tour in Uganda and Kenya um, with an old friend who used to live in the UK and he, he moved out to Kampala in Uganda maybe 15 years ago and he started a record label called East Africa Records. They set up a studio and um, an office and a place for local artists to meet and he's just trying to make um, a platform for some of the very talented vocalists and producers out there because there wasn't really much going on in that way, unifying uh, all these artists. So when we went out there, we spent five days in the studio and working with a different artist each day and just playing, messing about rhythms, see, see what kind of thing they liked. And we came away with six or seven tracks, which East Africa Records are releasing. Um, we, we, we don't have anything to do with the release side of things, really. That's the, the first of uh, many. In fact, there was one more previously on the same rhythm by Cindy Sanyu, who's quite a high-profile dancehall singer there. And that was also on the More Fire rhythm. They'll, they'll be releasing a run of, of the track. Pull up on me bumper. Pull up on me bumper. Pull up on me bumper. Me bumper. Pull up on me bumper. Go with Kagunina. Selling all the Mr. Style on a minigina. Bakuba testing a baba to fit in. Pull up on me bumper. You go a singer. News at a tun tanga. Put your cubio chamuka. My to tun that to be feminine. No more one. Productions, as far as the release side, pr pretty close, right? 
Yeah, 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 that's right. Um, yeah, we're, we're just happy to have um, another outlet for, for music and, and one that we, we didn't do before, you know, and uh, it's, it's great to be able to help some of these singers and artists to, to have a release and, and to get viewed more on the, on the world stage. Definitely, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I easily can be, but has Stalawa also worked with this same record label, East Africa? That's right, he has, yeah, yeah. He he organized, um, he, he didn't go to Uganda, but he organized some studio sessions um, with East Africa and, and recorded some some tracks and um, and released some of them as well on, on an EP. Yeah, okay, I thought I recognized the name when I, when I saw it this morning, but I, I didn't have time to do any further research on uh, it. But that's a really cool collaboration, big, big ups on that i think that's great to be you know featuring african artists who clearly are so talented and deserve that platform that you're able to then share with them yeah thank you it's, it's, it's a really exciting thing to do and um i don't know what it's like in new zealand but but certainly in in the uk um african artists are becoming more and more mainstream or you know popular in the mainstream so it's, it's great to work with some some guys in uganda and kenya yeah, definitely. And I'm, I'm excited to hear the forthcoming additional tracks. So I'll be yeah, keeping yeah. keeping this label uh, a little further up on my list now that, you know, because I, I, I just seen it as the, you know, whenever that EP Stolawa did a couple years ago, that was the only interaction I'd had with it. Um, uh-huh. So East Africa Records definitely deserving our attention, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. And they're, and they're releasing a lot of really interesting producers from, from Uganda as well. Awesome. Got another production question, which makes sense to continue with here um, regarding yep. Antidote, your your latest album. And, you know, in the, in the promo or the press, this is described as a 10-track album of dub remixes to existing and yet-to-be-released Mungo's produced anthems. Mm-hmm. And obviously you guys have always been supporters of the dub aspect of sound system music, but this is the first time it's been brought to the front and center since usually it's been, you know, the B-side of a record or a companion like the truly epic serious dubs release so what encouraged you to put dub first and kind of do the reverse here you know where a lot of people would expect this you know antidote the album to come out and then this would be the antidote dubs but you've reversed that so what what was the motivation behind this very different approach well um a lot of it is was down to covid and lockdown um We'd wanted to release a dub album for for a while, but um, we we had a lot of vocal material, and, and it just seemed right to keep putting out uh, some vocal albums. But during lockdown, obviously, we couldn't bring vocalists here to record, or, or musicians, drummers, and and so on to record tracks. So we decided to try and work with material we had already in terms of vocals. I also got some drum tracks from Prince Fatty um, of Horseman playing and built the bass and guitar and keys and the rest of it myself around some of those to make some new dubs. Yeah, so it, it was a really, it was a good opportunity to, to release something different and like you say, to put dub at the forefront. So it sounds like this was also a little bit therapeutic given the, the COVID uh, circumstances under which it was produced. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it was. It, it was my personal escape for from a lot of that time, um, being able to come in the studio and spend quite a lot of, of hours uh, working on the details and, and really dubbing things out. Um, but it, it was also quite difficult because I wasn't even seeing any of the other Mungo's guys um, during that time. And obviously not 
playing tracks out and gigs, not being able to test out new versions and, and new dubs and seeing what the crowd thought of it. So it was quite kind of, I felt like it was in a bit of a vacuum for a while, but I just had to, to you know, make make the most of it and, and um, try and bring the inner dub out, out onto the mixing desk. Well, I, I love that statement. You just said bring the inner dub out. That's awesome. <laughs> and what's the reception been like? You know, obviously, you know, me as a listener, I love the album, but your view may be quite different. So how are you viewing it given that, you know, you didn't get to have a traditional tour or something attached with it like you would presumably uh -huh. have had? It, it's, it's had really good feedback. It's, it's been really steady. I didn't have the same kind of initial big bump of interest in the same way that one of our vocal compilation albums would do but it's been a slow steady burner uh, and some really positive personal comments from people who've listened to it who've said that it really has helped them through difficult times and, and things like this so it's been yeah really positive in that way and also we we released a colored splatter vinyl album of it and and that has sold really really well people love the the design of it and um it's great to see a vinyl do really well like that yeah and i you know i think as someone who does collect vinyl it's always worth the, the extra couple dollars to have the, the fancier version even though there is potentially a slight decrease in sonic quality but uh -huh. i think that's very very negligible and you know it's vinyl's supposed to be art in that higher sense so yeah, i think yeah. it's cool when it's not just the ordinary thing not not that there's anything wrong with a you know a wonderful new black piece of vinyl but uh -huh. it's an element you can have fun with yeah yeah that's right and uh, it's interesting you should mention the um depreciation in quality on on some splattered vinyls and that was actually a concern for us and and we spoke to the the pressing plant who were doing it and they promised us that they could use compounds which would have the same quality as normal vinyl the same audio quality so i've, I've never compared the two the black vinyl and the splatter color version but um it's meant to be just as good well that is great to hear <laughs> <laughs> and it also sounds like you guys nailed the title of the album antidote then based on the the feedback that you've been getting yeah it came about um we had a very different vision for it when we first started talking about it um, and the original plan was to um have a title that was um you know a nod to the scientist albums from the 80s and it would have been something like mungo's rids the world of the evil virus or some, something <laughs> along these lines um with a with a classic rubber dub cartoon album cover but then we we decided we wanted to have something a bit different because musically I, I tried to add some modern elements to it so it didn't just sound like an 80s dub album um, or a 70s dub album but some a few little elements that kind of show that it's um, it's been made more recently and so we, we decided to try and choose a name that uh, and a cover style that, that was more fitting with that and also we didn't want to mess about with you know something that's so serious and where so many people lost their lives we, we weren't comfortable about kind of cartoonizing that that idea you know? yeah it's a tricky thing and um, also i think king jammy ended up releasing an album you know kind of along <laughs> the lines you just outlined and yeah. you know no disrespect intended of course but you know i think he's a more appropriate artist to present that given his absolutely it, yeah. you know given yeah. his role in jamaican music culture that you know as far as bringing in the cartoon side and bringing uh -huh. in the shall we say very elaborate album title so yeah. you know i 
you know, truly, I think you guys nailed it with a single word and a strong statement. And that lets the music and the art, you know, as far as the vinyl package speak for itself. You know, you guys don't need the cartoons. I know you've done them before and they are fun and awesome. But in 2022 and now 2023, you know, I think less is often more yeah yeah i agree yeah i think uh jammies was the perfect person to release that the the album that he did and it's a great album as well i mean you know like that yeah. and then same thing back to those um you know the original scientists that we know junjo's gotten his hands all over the re-releases but um you know those scientist dub albums that that's an era and an aesthetic and you know there's some interesting societal commentary in there but i think it's it's tricky to reinterpret that when you're several steps away if that if that makes sense absolutely yeah yeah i agree and also dub, dub itself has always been on the cutting edge of of audio technology and push, pushing um you know studio techniques to their limits and, and into the surreal almost and i think modern dub needs to keep that same approach and not be and i think the same goes for, for modern reggae for that matter that it's not always beneficial to try and mimic the sounds of the past it's great to kind of look forward and imagine what future dub could be like So, you know, I imagine this was a difficult decision to make and that there was probably several aspects to it. But um, can you talk a little bit about the decision to close down the Scotch Bonnet record shop after so many years, given the, the current circumstances of, of society, <laughs> for lack of a better way to, to say that? Yeah, sure. So uh, we've been selling vinyl from the Scotch Bonnet shop for a, for a long time. Um, 
and in the last five years or so the costs of pressing vinyl um, and the time it takes to get vinyl pressed as well uh, as well as postage and all these things the, the costs have gone up so much that it's just not been viable to release small numbers of, of vinyl anymore so we decided to, to simplify it and focus more on, on our own music and use Bandcamp as a medium because so many people use that now and it's, it works really well and and also it was important for us to put as much energy as we could into our own productions and our, our own releases because um, that goes hand in hand with, with the gigs and we're, yeah, we're just excited to to release more of our own music too. Yeah, and that it seems like some of this is kind of relieving you guys as a crew of a, a long list of responsibilities so music can be more truly to the forefront. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like you're satisfied with Bandcamp along with bajillions of other artists so that's great to hear and yeah, yeah. as as a record buyer and collector myself i'm all too well aware of what the uk postage rates have uh, turned into uh -huh. so you know i i really hope you know people hearing this understand that this isn't you guys ducking out of something this is just the the model from the business side needing to evolve right yeah yeah that's right and and who, who knows what the future holds you know we'd really love to be able to release other artists again um we'll just have to see how things go over the next couple of years and you know hopefully if more pressing plants open the costs will go down that the wait times won't be so long and, and it will become possible again I just watched uh, a documentary interview on Mighty Crown, um, and I think there's some interesting correlations between Mighty Crown and Mungo's Hi-Fi. Uh, Mighty Crown, I presume everybody who's listening to this knows, but being the um, world sound class champions out of Japan. But both of you guys are sound systems and leaders in the sound system scene where you've taken something that's historically Jamaican and reinterpreted it in a very distant geographical place. Mm -hmm. So given that background of clearly this is a Jamaican tradition coming from liquor stores in the 1950s trying to increase their business, you transplanted that to Scotland. So how, how have you blended those two together in your opinion, Jamaican culture and Scottish culture? Because clearly Mungo's is not a 1950s Jamaican uh, liquor store. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose that the way it happened was just from a, a real love of the music that, that we were hearing. Uh, Jamaican culture has been part of UK culture for a long time, and Jamaican music has been around in the, the UK for a long time. So it's something that's developed over, over decades, and even from the early days of Jamaican music, being played in London, people started to integrate the, the two cultures from that time. And you've seen movements like the two-tone ska movement, which was, I think, a hugely important integration of black and white culture, Jamaican and UK culture. For the first time, you had multiracial bands and combining sounds of Jamaica with almost kind of UK pop sounds as well, and, and the technology the studio technology from the from the UK also so that I think that kind of collaboration has been going on for, for a long time and it's just something that we wanted to continue well and to be honest you've done a great job of continuing that legacy while also doing it in your own way 
And I think that's, you know, just like Mighty Crown, that's the tricky thing is how do you balance your own culture with another and be authentic and respectful at the same time? I think a big part of that is how you reinterpret and remix and relick um, elements of the culture before you while having your own for lack of a better word, heavyweight sound. How would you describe the Mongo sound? That's a difficult question. Um, <laughs> I mean, on, on a personal level, I, I grew up playing in bands, indie bands, and then a funk, a Latin funk, jazz band. And then while I was at school, I, I started using the uh, Atari computer with the early version of Cubase and, and borrowed some keyboards during the holidays. So I've, I've had influences from lots of different styles and I've tried to bring those in into the productions I make now, combining those with having collected Jamaican vinyl for 25 years and borrowing elements of, of that music and trying to combine it with my own authentic musical history. I think it's, it's really important to be respectful and honest and, and fair with the artists you work with, um, all artists, but Jamaican artists who, you know, sometimes we've sampled um, old Jamaican records and we've always been really careful to make sure that that the artist is, is getting what they're due for, I think. Yeah, and that's obviously been such a long-standing issue in Jamaica in particular and in many other countries around the world as well. Yeah. And, you know, I think you guys also do a great job of featuring vocalists that maybe are being a little bit overlooked in the present day. You know, like Lady Anne, for example, on the um, latest Dumberton Rock 7-inch series, the NHS Rhythm, uh -huh. uh, which it's so great. I mean, that is such a killing tune. Um, while still being very sweet. So a lot of respect to you guys for doing it in such an intriguing way that's inclusive rather than, than exclusive. Well, thank you. Yeah, there's lots of artists, um, Jamaican artists, who had their heyday in the, the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and then some of them moved away from Jamaica to New York. And there, there, there's been a bit of a hole in the the way that they can release, you know, as different musical fashions change. You know, some some of them have struggled to get their voices out there. But yeah, we, we've done done what we can to try and work with some of those those artists whose tunes we really love. It's an amazing thing how Jamaican culture has spread around the world. 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 Yo, this is Tommy Danger from Mungo's Hi-Fi in Scotland. I want to big up the groove, thief, 